drink it in, drink it in, drink it in now. It is picked up by the line. Darius Slade's got it. Coming back right side, 25. Picks up a block at the 30. Darius at the 40. Drink it in, drink it in. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in now. Rolls to the right, Stafford throws deep. Got a man out there, Enzo, caught, touchdown, Detroit Lions, Marvin Jones. Stafford! Drink it in, drink it in. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in now. Detroit Kool-Aid, what is going on everybody? We are back. It is me, Okri, and the one and only, the star of the show, Grifka is in the house. Grifka, what's going on, buddy? Hey man, it's nice to have you back. It's just like shake and bake. <laughs> Absolutely, uh, no doubt about it, man. I was on planes, I was in meetings, uh, we were able to do two solo shows, and I even got some juice over the weekend. Uh, back Sunday, I woke up and I was kind of like, man, uh, as Paul joked, uh, I want to give a little podcast for the people, uh, all the uh, Detroit Kool-Aid listeners out there, so I got a chance to chop it up and, and get after you a little bit for your show and have some fun. So, man, we're back here together. This should be good, and lots of Lions stuff to talk about, man. We've got uh, rookies and vets together. We've got uh, – we're going to talk some will the Lions be on hard knocks. I mean, we're going to talk about with the NFL draft come to Detroit. We're going to talk depth charts, uh, all types of good stuff. And we got some questions from the listeners. I mean, you ready to do this, Grifka? Yeah, man, let's do this. All right, Grifka. So right off the get-go here in our news and notes, man, I, I got to – I got to do what I do, which is sort of call you out. You went on this big rant on your show about the Detroit Lions on hard knocks. And, and you went into your whole diatribe about like, man, I love it. You know, like that'd be great to see these guys like, man, a fan's perspective. I'd absolutely love it. And I'm sitting there the whole time going like, we're the fans podcast. And like, as a, as a huge draft nerd and a guy that loves behind the scenes football, I'd love it too. But you know our coach doesn't love it, want it. You know Bob Quinn doesn't want it. You know a lot of these players that are coming from New England, other places, it's probably not going to be their favorite. So, like, tell me a little bit more about, yeah, you might want it, but do you really think it's the best thing for the football team? I mean, we're probably a couple days away from where the NFL will be deciding who gets this thing. And I know we're in the running. We're kind of like the dark horse. But, I mean, the hammer could be dropped in a couple days that, hey, the Detroit Lions are going to be on hard knocks. Like, are you really going to love that? Or are you going to kind of be like, oh, man, like we're trying to get our team together and get W's, and now we got HBO in here creating a circus for our team. Like, talk talk to me a little bit more about that. No, I, I would actually really, really like it simply because, like I stated in my podcast, it's like, yeah, everybody kind of joked about the Browns, and then the Browns got on there, and then all of a sudden, you know, the Browns you know, started to get some pub. And it might be one of those things where it kind of leads to bigger things where there's like, like a groundswell and the team realizes that where they go out and make that splash move that we are always talking about. Are they going to go make a splash move? You know, 
it's something like that to give the rest of the NFL a little more in-depth behind-the-curtain look at the Detroit Lions as opposed to being, like, the butt of the joke of people that live out west or, like, out east or down south. They're like, yeah, they, they do have some talent on this team. And, yeah, there is a little bit more behind, you know, to these guys than, you know, what the news clip that we see, you know, on ESPN or NFL Network really quick, uh, you know, for just a quick clip. Yeah, I would really like it. Okay, well, you said all that on your other show, but I'm I'm telling you, like, we know that would be a nightmare for Matt Pat. We know that, like, this team, everyone. So, so, I I put it out on Twitter, Grifka. Would you like us on Hard Knocks or not? And uh, two seconds went by, and people were chiming in. You guys are crazy. Why would you not want them on? You know. And then there was another bunch of people that were like, "Yeah, no thanks. Like, we need to focus. We don't need the drama." So, like, the poll I put up it was basically fifty-fifty. But you're talking fandom again. Oh, it'd be fun to see the stories. Maybe we'd get some momentum. I'm talking football. Fans podcast, man. I'm a fan. <laughs> there you go. Right, and, and I don't mind the perspective, but part of our show too is the other side of things, which is like. People are saying, well, we never won anything anyway, so what would it matter if we went on hard knocks? Like, don't you feel like we're finally, like, getting some groundswell, turning that corner of we have a, a no-nonsense football team, a head coach that, yeah, he'll joke around with you in May, but come the season, he's all business. You think he wants to be doing interviews with HBO or having them over his shoulder when he's really trying to turn the corner with this football team, especially after going 6-10? and 10? Like, I don't mind yupping it up and saying, oh, the fans, it'd be fun. You know, maybe we'd see something cool. Or may- I've always wanted to see behind the scenes with the Lions. But I don't know this is the right time. And uh, when I heard your take, I was just kind of like, this is Grifka again, like when he wanted Antonio Brown. Just like, he's a good player. He's a good receiver. Like, not taking anything else into consideration. Whereas, like, if all things were equal, sure, I would love to see behind the scenes with the Lions. But if it's going to impact our team and if it's going to be a negative or a net negative, you know, where we're going to get more bad out of it than good or it's going to distract or be a bad thing, yeah, I don't want it, you know. Let somebody else do it. Let the let the Raiders or the Redskins do it, and we'll uh, we'll just try to win ball games. Like, you don't have any of that in you. You just want to watch the show every week. Well, I see your point of view. I guess my question is, when would it be a good time? Because I know every coach wants that. And you often hear about teams kind of pushing back and, no, you know, we don't want that. Because you're right, every coach wants that, and you know, an- anonymity of, like, not seeing, you know, having, like, that little mystery behind them. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's owners out there that, that don't mind it at all. I mean, in front of the camera. I mean, what, obviously, the Cowboys have been on hard knocks twice. So they really don't care. But uh, I'm sure – the coaches all want that. I'm just, my question is when would, when would a good time be? I mean, if you're progressing building, I mean, when, at, at what point is your record good enough to say like, okay, we have our team together. We're good. We're competing. Okay. HBO, you can come in and, and you're not going to interrupt us, you know, come training camp. At, when would that be? Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's a good question. Like, uh, you know, in Matt Pat's world, I don't think there's ever a, a good time, but I mean, uh, okay, he had a tough season last year, but he kind of is changing the culture. He learned from his mistakes. He's coming in year two. He really wants to get that record flipped around. To me, I think we're sort of taking our roster a little bit for granted. Like, you know, it's pretty young, it's pretty deep, and it's pretty hungry. Like, I bet he wants to sort of capitalize on that. And then, yeah, if you're coming off a better year with a little bit of mo and, like, everybody's feeling good about you, you know, yeah, the Lions are going to have to be on here at some point, probably in the next 
handful of years. Like they're going to do it. I almost can guarantee that, but I just think the timing's not great for this. I mean, again, we could talk for days about it, but um, sounds like you want it. I told the people on Twitter, like I would say no, or I would hope that they don't get called, but they've been delaying this announcement for a while. And I think it's coming right down the pike. And I think there's gonna be a lot of people shocked if we are named because everybody's thinking we're going to weasel out and, you know, I think it could still happen, you know, and there would be the fan in me that would be like, oh, it's going to be cool to see our team. And there would be a part of me saying, ah, not not when I wanted it, you know, but at that point, you're just dealing with it. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. You know, we'll probably know in the next couple of days. Yeah. So let's keep this thing moving, Grifka. There's been a lot of um, what's one of your words, maybe scuttlebutt. Is that a word you would use? Yeah, every once in a while, I use that word. Can you tell me what that means? Because, I, I mean, I know the word, but I don't know anybody that uses it, or am I using it properly? The scuttlebutt is just kind of like idle chatter is what it is, you know, kind of like, you know, people throwing out rumors and innuendos. It's, I mean, you know, that's just what it is. It's yeah. not like big developing story. It's like you it's you piecing a story together from what you heard from different people. Okay. So there's plenty of other words I could use, but I thought scuttlebutt was a good Grifka word. So there, there's been a lot of that about – would the NFL draft ever come to Detroit? I mean, you got to take on this, Grifka. I would love it if it came to Detroit because I know me and you would be down there. No. And no. <laughs> that, Will it ever, though? That, that's a bell for you. You think I'm going to go be around a bunch of idiots at the draft when I can be in my war room with all my boards? There, there's no way I'd ever go. Okay. I would go down to the draft. Um, <laughs> anyways, do I ever think it would come to Detroit? Maybe if they became, I don't know, I, I, I guess for lack of a term, a more popular team. I, I'm not quite for sure. I mean, Nashville got it because it's, it's a great city. And uh, was it Vegas is getting it here pretty soon, and they're giving it to Cleveland. Why? Because they're kind of like the hot team right now. Um, I think they, it would if they became, a, I guess, a, a more popular team. But I'm thinking it probably have to probably be like four or five years down the road for that to happen. Yeah, man. Uh, so, so I'm almost rooting now for the draft to come to Detroit because that means you'd actually watch the draft. You know, that'd be a different from what you did this year, right? Well, I would go on the first night, still like the third day where it's eight hours of watching, you know, a bunch of talking heads. You know, I mean, I don't have to be in Detroit for that. I mean, I guess I'd go sit at, you know, like Hockey Town or something. Or <laughs> so, so you mean you go to the first day, maybe stay for like the first eight to ten picks, the only guys you know on the draft board, and then you leave? Well, it depends on if the Lions are drafting in, you know, the first eight to ten picks or if they take a tight end. So, Where would the drop-off be in the top eight to ten, Grifka? Probably right before the Lions and then there'd be no good players left. Is that right? Exactly, man. As long as, like, the number – the best player on the board was, like, some tight end. It was just, you know, they, they would – then they could run those awesome double tight end sets. Are you talking about TD Hawkinson, who we might get into later, that's been tearing up camp so far? <laughs> Yeah, we, we can cover up the – we can talk about the guys that are tearing up camp in a little bit. <laughs> okay. Because I got a name for you. Okay, well – On Friday's show, I got a name for you, and I, I, I'm just waiting for this one, so go <laughs> Oh, man, I'm excited about that too. But, okay, I mean, uh, I don't think it would be a great event for the city. I mean, it feels like we try to get everything for the city. How many times have you heard for the city, part of Detroit? Like, you know, I think the draft is good for some places, some locations – 
to me, I don't know that we we have a crazy football fan base, but I mean, I don't think we have a destination city or a, a city that's just going to want to wander out and watch draft picks like some other cities do. So, I I, I don't want it here. I wouldn't go, like you said. I mean, it just seems like you know, why would you want to be out and about, you know, when we're, when I'm as into the draft as I am, like I say, I mean, for a casual fan like you, Grifka, or the guy, like you just said, no, doesn't know anybody on day two or day three, um, you know, yeah, maybe you can go out there and, and walk around and see the sights, but, uh, you know, it, there's been a lot of talk about it. I, I kind of hope it doesn't, uh, come here you know but we'll, we'll see what happens i mean if cleveland can get it we should be able to get it i guess at that point so um let's uh let's keep this thing moving uh work through a couple items let's go kind of quick hitters on these so our boy frank ribble i mean he was talking all types of noise about donald parnum uh being the third tight end for the lions he's going to catch two to four touchdowns a guy got cut we brought in two kind of no name low level receivers one being a rugby player any thoughts Camp fodder. There you go. First my thoughts. <laughs> you want to keep it short. Camp fodder. Yeah, that's what I. That's what I was looking for. So uh, I appreciate that take. And then, uh, like I said, I had a little fun with Frank about that. I mean, this this Donald Parnum's a monster. Like six eight. I looked up some of his stats, and he, he had a couple games where he had like two hundred some yards receiving and these crazy numbers. But I mean, again, small school, like just kind of an athletic guy. I mean, I'd be surprised if he comes back and makes an impact. But it was kind of surprising to see him get cut. The other receivers are shots in the dark, I think. But um, we'll kind of see what happens there. Grifka, I did a whole podcast a long time ago about Pat Pete coming to the Lions, Bob Quinn signing up Patrick Peterson. It's going to be great. What a great move. They're going to do that. They're going to have a great draft, and away we go. <clears throat> Pat Pete uh, suspended for the first six games, one of which will be against our Detroit Lions. So you got thoughts on that, buddy? Uh, it's definitely going to help Detroit. Uh, I would still take him in Detroit, though. I mean, he's, he's still a good player. So, uh <laughs> You know, I would take him. This guy suspended all the time in the NFL. I would take him. <laughs> That's a bell for your – he's a good player. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. But uh, if he's not around for six games, what are you going to give up for him? And uh, I think it's tremendous that he's uh, he's going to be out for that first game. Again, we're going to have to do a whole big breakdown as we lead up to that because I'm really nervous about that first game and also really excited that we can maybe – um, layeth the smack it down on the Cardinals, but uh, having having the best corner basically in the game out, I think it'd really help our offense. And uh, so scratch that whole podcast where I wanted to trade for him because I'm uh, I'm off that now. Even if the price is lowered, uh, no thank you. I was surprised he was using PEDs though. It doesn't seem like that type of guy. So sure just wasn't in cough medicine because that's what it always seems to be. Oh, it was in the cough medicine I took. I didn't know it was supposed to be there. It was in the hair tonic. You know, I'm losing my hair. <laughs> right. For those reasons. Your, your favorite player, uh, Taylor Decker, was at the podium, and I guess he got some uh, hand infection from tattoos, and he's like, "Yeah, I sent the uh, I sent the cream over to our guy. I didn't want to get popped for a drug violation." I'm like, Grifka probably would have liked it if you would, because he thinks you're just a tackling dummy over there at left tackle even though i support the guy on every show i mean jeff backus all right well hey grifka this next item how about we do this after the break we'll take a quick uh, break with our sponsors and then i want to bring something up it's probably something you didn't see but i thought it was really interesting so uh how about we take a quick pause and we'll do that yeah okay all right everybody uh take a quick pause for our sponsor we'll be right back all right, everybody, we're back here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Uh, please, again, hit us up on Twitter. We're uh, Detroit underscore Kool-Aid, and you can also get at Grifka, which is at 
Grifka, DKC. Uh, we love kind of uh, chatting it up with the fans and kind of uh, continuing to reach out to people, things like that. So we got a couple items here after the break. We want to talk some depth chart. We're going to talk a little bit more about these rookies and vets. But Grifka, I was, I was, I fell down the YouTube wormhole, which is where you like you go on YouTube to find one thing, and then like an hour and a half later, you're watching random videos that pop up on your feed. So as I'm scrolling down, I run into this video. Heath Evans, remember him from the NFL Network? Yeah, Mr. Uh, yeah, I remember him. Yeah, yeah I got booted for uh, some things we shall not speak of here on this podcast. But um, he sat down with this this group, and uh, it was so interesting. They started asking him about the Patriot way and the Patriots, and uh, he was just – he went to this big thing about how, like, you know, Belichick just gets after Tom Brady and Brady yells back at Belichick and, and all the other players fall in line because of this and uh, kind of had all these different takes on, like, why why the Patriots work and, and why Bill Belichick is as good as he is. You know, he says he can just, in a, you know – short amount of time can understand not only what people do well but how to how to reach them all this type of stuff i mean i thought it was really interesting if anybody's out there you just go to youtube and search for heath evans uh recent interviews you you'll see it i think he had like a white hoodie on i forget the name of the group he was with but i mean i'm saying all that to say this like we get all this flack about trying to be the new patriots and oh matt pat you know he thinks he's bill belichick jr like don't you think he probably has learned a lot of the things that they do there and that Bill Belichick does. And, and that's part of why he not only rubbed people wrong, but like, don't you think that's going to show itself the longer he's here in Detroit? Because the things he was saying aren't brain surgery, but they sounded like a culture that was built there that, that, that Matt Pat and Bob Quinn were there for a long, long time. Like I thought, as he was talking, I just thought, man, I know not everybody can be a Mr. William Belichick, but we've got kind of the closest thing to it, I would say, just from a, you know, next man in line and super smart guy. Like, do you think he can ever get to that level? Or do you think that we can build that type of culture where you're holding the quarterback, like, really accountable and everybody else sort of falls behind that? Or where are you at with all that? And <sighs> I think Bill Belichick is very smart. I mean, I think he's a hell of a coach. I mean, but it's they win a lot because they got Tom Brady. And I know, like, the one year Tom Brady got hurt, Matt Castle, you know, led him to 11 wins, and even though they didn't make the playoffs to do the, you know, the oddity of it all. But uh, still, I, I don't think the Patriots team itself is like a, you know, plug-and-play quarterback and you're still going to dominate. Um, do I think Patricia can be a good coach? Yeah. And, yeah, I think the same thing happened with McDaniels when he was out in Denver, Mangini when he was in with the Jets. They took, like, that Bill Belichick approach to it, and they just didn't have the talent on those teams that Bill Belichick has. And, you know, and I don't think those guys are as good a coach. So I, I think it's one of those things where, yeah, eventually, and um, but Stafford has to produce for the team to fall in line behind it. I mean, Tom Brady's produced, so the team's the team realizes it's just like, hey, he's good. Yeah, he's he's won Super Bowls. So yeah, I think Matt Stafford has to produce. Other than you know, like you know, obviously everybody knows the Pad Stafford's names, where he just shows up, you know, when the game's out of hand, and he just throws up all these mad numbers. You know, winning the big games, stuff like that, I believe will will allow the team to fall behind. You know, where Stafford and Patricia could go at each other like that, and everybody's like, okay, yeah, fall in line, we got it. Yeah. Well, okay. I mean, you said something. I think you got a 
I'll have to send you the link. You should watch this thing because, um, you know, I think there's some groundwork being laid for that type of setup, that type of culture. And like, you know, it doesn't happen overnight. Like I feel like last year, not only did we have some bumps and bruises with Matt Pat coming in, but Hey, our defense went from garbage to really good by the end of the year. And Matt Pat always said like, we're not trying to be great in September. We want to be good in November, December. Like they were pretty good without a lot of skill guys and without, um, you know, the quarterback firing all cylinders. And, uh, I feel like he grew every game with his demeanor, his approach, all that type of stuff. And, uh, you know, here we are in year two. I just kind of took it as when you listen to Heath Evans, kind of like it's a way of doing things and a way of approaching it that, yeah, might ruffle you a little bit, but it gets you better at the end of the day. And I think uh, that's what I'm excited about. So people go check that out and see what you think. It really jumped off the page to me of a certain approach. I mean, we're never really going to be the Patriots. And, yeah, we don't have Tom Brady, but – like I say, I think Matt Pat not only has the intelligence, but the uh, the grit too. Like Bill Belichick will yell at Brady right at the front of a meeting, you know, in front of everybody. I think that that's part of the Matt Pat, like being uh, in people's face. We saw at camp, and you know why he's so serious when it comes to the season. Like I think he'd get after people if he had to. But um, interesting stuff, you know. I'm hoping that he can bring that here. And hey. You know, like I've always said, uh, if we're the Patriots in a couple of years, I don't think anybody would be complaining, you know, with all these jokes that are going around. That'd be tremendous. So, um, but we'll see what they do here in year two. That'll be good. Uh, Griff, could, how about we talk about some some really, really early depth chart battles? I know we're going to break this down in our dollars and cents. We'll go position by position, talk about money, talk about age and, and player quality and who can get cut, who won't. But how about we look at a couple groups real quick and just get your take on, you know, if the depth chart's going to be tough, is it going to be an open competition? What do you think? Okay. Yeah, let's, uh, like you said, it's early. Let's run through the stuff. So the first group I threw out there was just, the I got here the running back group. I mean, I think that's an interesting group where you only really have a guy or two um, up top, and then there's like three or four guys where you're going to have to sort of sort through them, like, do you see us finding a diamond in the rough there? I mean, I heard the other day, um, you know, the rookie uh, from um, what Maryland was out there showing off his speed. And Ty it, Johnson? Yeah. And then you've got uh, you got your boy, uh, what is it? Uh, what does he have? Double. Um, Double Z? Yeah. What would it be if it was three Zs? He'd be asleep. <laughs> um, so – they got a few interesting names there. I think I even did hear that CJ Anderson maybe tweaked his knee up a little bit. I don't know if you heard about that, but how do you, how do you think this will shake out or do you think it'd be an interesting battle, you know, kind of talking broad strokes? I think the backup job, obviously, I mean, we all know carry on's number one, but I don't know how they'll end up splitting the carries. Uh, Anderson, it's, it's, it's a good signing. It just, uh, I don't know if he's just going to do like the Garrett Blunt thing as well, where, you know, carry on does you know most of the work. He comes in short yardage, stuff like that. Or they're actually going to look to, you know, try to go 60-40, 50-50 carries between the two. Um, I, I'm not quite for sure on that, but uh, I think the theoretic Ty Johnson battle is going to be the big one out of out of the running back room, simply because the speed, the skill sets. Um, I think that's going to be the interesting battle. Yeah, I'm. Uh, do you think Zach Center makes this team? <laughs> I think he's going to be uh, 
He's going to be Andre Fluellen, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> first guy that gets hurt, he's the first guy on speed dial. At the ready? Okay. Um, I... I've been banging on Theo Riddick for a while, but I saw him, you know, in some videos and in some pictures, and I thought, I'd love to see a resurgence from this guy. I'd love to see him back to that really electric, you know, that he was a couple of years ago, along with how they used to use him, you know, where he was just unguardable out of the backfield. But I'm just curious if he can get back to that, or like you said, will he get n- pushed out due to a younger, faster athlete, you know, but... I think Theo's got a role. He's just been really lackluster, in my opinion, in the last year and a half or so. All right, Grifka, right guard. This is the one everybody's looking at. They've already reshuffled the line a little bit just in these early camps. Like, any thoughts on how this might shake out or got any names you want to throw at the people of names to watch for that right guard or even the left guard spot, how that's going to shape out? I. But let's let's just focus on the right guard here really quick. Um, I really think it's going to come down between uh, Wiggins and Abushi, and um, I kind of want Abushi to win because I like his name, and I know you make fun of me for that. But uh, uh, ultimately, I think Wiggins might be the guy to win this one out. <laughs> um, but I think that'll be the battle. And I know we had talked about was it uh, Bo Benchwala from uh, Wisconsin, but uh, he may be a project a year or two down the road, you know, guy before uh before he wins that spot but i, I believe it's going to be wiggins and abushi with i believe i'm i'm gonna lean towards wiggins right now without seeing any practice or games right now <laughs> all right um here's my problem with you on that that's a classic grifka take where you just take the really simple answer the the basic of the basic like did you watch kenny wiggins last year grifka when he was in yeah he, he, he's not that great Exactly. Um, so why you're penciling him in just because he's the, the consensus guy or the easy guy to fit in. I mean, I'm much more for the aggressive approach, which we've already seen. Like, how about how about Frank moving into center, kicking uh, Glasgow over there on the right side and, and then seeing if, um, you know, again, I would love to. I know Crosby's our swing tackle, but. I think he's got a better upside and a better push and a better potential to go in there than Kenny Wiggins or Abushi to me is fine as a backup. You know, he's a, he's a lifelong backup, like put him there. But what if they reshuffled the deck chairs and move some people around? And then not only is everybody cross trained, but we get Frank where he probably really needs to be. And then we've already seen that Glasgow is fine at guard. He's pretty good over there. Would you say Joe Dahl's out the door then? Just out of curiosity. I don't know. I'm 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 basically done with Joe Dahl. I mean, he came from a pass happy offense. He's been here three plus years now. Like, what has he ever done other than randomly play like fullback and, and come in for a few snaps when somebody's hurt? Like, you know, I remember he was getting all that pub that first training camp. Oh, Joe Dahl, he's good job, Joe Dahl was in that like Chris Spielman's gimmick and uh he hasn't done anything. You know, he hasn't pushed for a starting job. He's usually not even dressed or whatever. So I don't know. I'm, I'm basically done with that guy. Okay. All right. Uh, I, I definitely want to hit on this position, Griff guy. I know you'll have a long, great take on this. I know that this is uh, something you're very passionate about. Um, how are these tight ends going to break out, Grifka? I mean, we've got your favorite player, TD Hawkinson. We've got uh, your other great late draft pick. I mean, I know you were there sitting there on late day three, just hoping they would take this guy, you know, Nada out of uh, <clears throat> Georgia. You've got my man, Big Mike, who, like, you act like you like, but uh, you, you just – I brought his name up to you a year and a half ago or whatever it was, and you flashed on to him, like – 
who's going to play tight end? How's that going to shake out? Because we got those three, and then we've also got the Logan Thomas project. We've got uh, a couple other people in the mix. Like, how's that going to go? Well, like we had talked, I believe that Hawkinson, he's going to you know start one of those. Oh, you're not going to give a right to him, so he's going to start down the death chart. <laughs> I mean, I believe Jesse James obviously going to be the starter. They brought him in for that. Um <laughs> Hold on, hold on. You're what? telling the Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers right now that TJ Hawkinson isn't going to be the starting impact tight end. Are you really going to go there? Uh, yes, that's what I'm saying to you right now. Oh my god, mark it down. I, tell your I just, I just hang up on you right now. Like you. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Anyway, you're 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 crazy. Oh, oh, so you think they're just going to pencil him in day one? <laughs> that he's going to be the starting tight end. Yeah, I mean, if, if anything, working his way up might be the first week or so of camp. But, yeah, him and Jesse James will split it, but he's the impact guy. Yes, he's the starter. You don't take a guy at eight with this kind of talent and, and just, oh, Jesse James is going to start over you, like when we have the real bullets flying. No. I mean, that obviously shows you've never watched anything on this guy or you're not paying attention. That obviously shows that you don't check, you know, previous rookie stats type for tight ends. I mean, go ahead. It just doesn't happen. It's something that does not happen. I mean, yeah, it does. For, it, it works for wide receivers every once in a while, Randy Moss. But uh, oh, yeah, he's yeah, not Randy yeah. Moss, okay? So uh, let's let's not like be crowning this guy. You know, all of a sudden he's like the second coming of you know, you know Tony Gonzalez. I mean, even Tony Gonzalez's stats as rookie year were not that great. They were not that great. You know, I mean, yeah, he turned into something. But go check it out, rookie tight ends. They they have to develop. So if you think this guy is going to be putting up you know 900 yards and 10 touchdowns <sighs> because because you love him. Is, is not going to happen. So, so yes, James will be the starter. I mean, he will be the starter. He knows what to do. He's, he's the veteran. He knows what's happening. And I think Patricia likes to play stuff, you know, safe. So they're not just going to throw this guy out there. Yeah, they'll have two tight end sets where he'll be out there. But, you know, when you're watching, you know, Fox on Sunday morning, they show the starters along the bottom, you know, just get ready for Jesse James thing down there. <laughs> okay, are, are, you, are you – I need to get this right so people can either attack you on Twitter or, like – know what you're saying like are you saying like for the first drive of game one are you actually acting like we're gonna be multiple games into the season and tj hawkinson is gonna be a a spot player for this team multiple games in this he's, he won't be a spot player but he's not gonna be the starter <laughs> oh my gosh all right everybody send your hate tweets to <laughs> at Kripka, DK's okay, knowledgeable football fans that know what rookie tight ends do go ahead send me the stuff okay go check the stats of rookie tight ends go check it out and you'll see that you know they put up marginal stats and Matt Patricia is not going to you know throw some rookie out there to be the starter from day one okay it's just not going to happen Kripka, have you ever thought that like TJ Hawkinson might not be like every other tight end that was drafted or have you ever thought that like just oh yeah cause... that's right Every other tight end that was a top 10 that was worthy of that pick, those guys were just – everybody missed on those guys. But TJ Hawkinson, he's the one. He, he's the one. You know, he's the anomaly. Okay. 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 So so when it rains today, you just assume it's going to rain tomorrow because it rained uh, the last few days. Is that how you do, how you work in your brain? Because, like, every day is different. Every player is different. You don't just say, like, because uh, the last five years tight ends haven't been that good, this guy won't be good. Like, that's not how it works. Nope, but uh, trends are trends for a reason. <laughs> it happens, man. It, it just is what it is. 
Rookie tight ends do not put up great stats. Uh-huh. They just don't. Uh-huh. So if everybody's thinking this guy's going to be the offensive game changer to throw up 10 touchdowns and, you know, 900 yards, it's just not going to happen. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I... Especially when they got your boy out there, Big Mike. You know, so <laughs> It's even more of a reason for me to root for this guy, just so that by week five or six, <laughs> you can be like, man, this guy's real good. This guy's making a real impact because you're just, you're just so down on it's ridiculous. Like he's going to end the season with like 250 yards and two TDs in your book. Like it's just unbelievable to me. Oh my goodness. Let's, let's move on. Like I say, I knew that would be a sore spot. Let's hit two really quick right here. The corners and the linebackers, like just sort of tell me, you know, the players at those positions, like any names that are off people's radar or like anybody you think might get cut out of that group that would surprise people here in May. You mean like cut from the team or somebody's going to step up opposite Slay? Both. Like, I mean, is there a name that's going to rise the depth charts or somebody that could get booted that is already like assumed to be on, you know, either of those positions, just something quick. The the name I'm, I'm pretty interested in is uh, Rashad Melvin. I, I, I really want to see what he does. I mean, I believe, I don't think Coleman's going to be the opposite you know, opposite Slay, I still believe he's going to be the nickel guy. But I, I'd really like to see, see Rashad Melvin. I know we talked about him before as uh, – who was that guy? Gosh, I can't remember. DJ Hayden, yeah. you know. But uh, Melvin, everybody's like, he fits more of the system. He's pretty excited to be here. I don't know if he's pretty excited simply because he's on a team. <laughs> things, But uh, that that would be the guy I'm interested to see. Yeah, I think that's a good name. I uh, I got to do this for uh, Paul Jackson and some of the other people. One of the names I'm really interested in, Grifka, is this man. You know who he might be. He'd be that man. A-O-O, <laughs> baby. Oh, baby. <laughs> uh, I pulled up like three new tapes on uh, on YouTube with the old school and one mixtape. We got to pull some audio drops because was, I was laughing for days just uh watching AO highlights and just hearing this guy go crazy. But, uh, uh, Paul, that was for you, man. But uh, I'm real interested to see where he's going to fall. He's still really under the radar. I mean, we talked about numbers. They gave him, what, number 46. And he, I haven't heard much talked about um, or heard much about him yet. But, I mean, this guy's got talent. He's got length. He's got ability. So I'd put him where he, is he going to fall in the corner ranks. Is he going to rise up or is he going to be – middle depth, you know, for this type of team. Um, I think that'll be interesting. And then the linebackers, if I had to throw one name out in regards to depth charts, like I'm, I'm totally confused on, you know, does Jalen Reeves Maben have any role on this football team? I feel like they brought him in here. He's had injuries. He's continued to have injuries when he is out there. I can't say he's made many splash plays. So, I just wonder if he's completely off the team because they're going to this big linebacker or if they can still find a role for him. Yeah, I think uh, – I, I don't think he's going to be around here. I mean, from everything that seems to be said, oh, we drafted him for another coach. That just doesn't make any sense to me. I just uh, – it's I'm kind of sad to see him go because I thought he could be that sideline-to-sideline guy to make some plays. But uh, I, I think uh, I think he's, I think he's going to be cut. I mean, unless they can trade him for a late-round pick. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll see. I mean, he's really off the radar, but I mean, if he could find even a niche role and make some impact plays with his speed and and running and hitting ability, I think that would be nice. Otherwise, that's a definitely kind of a wasted draft pick. Um, 
So we just want to give you guys, give the Kool-Aid drinkers a little teasers there. There will be some great camp battles as we get deeper into the summer and into training camp. But uh, those were some of the positions that jumped off the plate to me. Grifka, let's hit one other um, quick item here. Um, do you think the Lions will add a big, big ticket guy before training camp? I mean, there's going to be some guys cut. There's going to be some wheeling and dealing. We still got 20, 30 million bucks just sitting around for a rainy day. I mean, I've asked you this before. Do you think it's going to happen uh, at some point or just going to kind of keep it in the piggy bank? I, I think this is going to be a piggy bank thing. I mean, I, I can't see any more big splash splashes coming out, you know, before training camp. Um, you don't get to do a whole lot at the, what was it, the, uh, the little uh, OTAs right here. If anything happens, it might be, the first week or two of training camp where they see real holes, but I can't see anything going into training camp. Yeah. Well, that's the easy answer. Again, I think I'm going to differ with you. I think something there's going to be one of two things going to happen. Like we're going to sign a name that's on nobody's radar. That's going to really be at an impact position, either on offense or defense with that money. That's just going to be like, wow, this guy puts us over the top. And like I said, it, it's not going to be expected at all. It's just going to kind of come out of nowhere, either trade or, like I say, somebody gets cut and like, oh, the Lions will never go after that guy. And bam, they swoop in and get him. I think that's going to happen. Or I think that, you know, Bob Quinn's smart enough with his money and, and his planning that I think that money could go towards kind of extending some of these guys we're hearing about, either Slay or Snacks or even getting, you know, other other areas taken care of where he's able to sort of extend guys out and uh, do well. But I, I hate to use it twice in a row, but I might as well. I think before we get to training camp, Grifka, there will be a day in this offseason where we are all saying, oh, baby, <laughs> I can't believe he did that. So uh, everybody, I'm putting it on record now. Be on the watch out for that because uh, Bob Quinn's going to do something, I'm telling you. So Grifka – we have a, a guy out there that's been – he's been tweeting about our podcast. He's been pumping us up. He's been getting us new listeners. There's been lots of people, but one name sticks out. Do you do you know the name I might be referencing? Um, is that Would that be uh, Frank? That's a double bell for you, Grifka. That's Frank Ribble. Now, the plan was I was going to – he sent us a bunch of questions. We're going to get into it, but I think we went a little bit long on this show, and I think I want to tease it out, so – I know Frank's probably out there listening along with all the other Kool-Aid drinkers. How about either on our Friday show or maybe we'll even tease it in the next week that we're going to really tackle not only Frank's questions, but we want to encourage the Kool-Aid drinkers, the people to hit us up on Twitter, send in those questions. We'd love to do a couple mailbag shows here in the summer where we just question after question after question. We just answer whatever the people want to know. So how about we tease that out, Grifka? We go ahead and get out of here and then uh, – We'll uh, get Frank in here either later this week or next week. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, we did run a little long on this one. So. Short, quick shout-out, though, to Frank for really uh, supporting the show and, and giving Grifka some grief, calling into the listener line, as well as, uh, you know, Paul and our other guys that are really um, helping the show out and, like, trying to encourage people. Like, hit up that listener line. Like, send us a message. Like, give us a follow. Like, hit that subscribe button and uh, go leave us a review on iTunes. I mean, it, it helps us. We're growing daily. I mean, me and Griff always talk about, like, every day we kind of look at our numbers and look at stuff. We're like, man, the show continues to grow, continues to get bigger, and it's thanks to all you guys. So, um, I know I appreciate it. I'll say for Griff, he appreciates it because he never thanks you guys. I always got to do it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, Grifka, 
the people, the ones I'm referencing, the ones I'm so grateful for, they got one question that we do want to answer before we close up this show. Do you have anything else, Grifka, for the people? Uh, nope. <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, uh, we'll be back on Friday morning with another episode of the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. I hope everybody has a great week. Take care. We're out. Drink it in, man.